every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. Sierra Laughlin is the founder and owner of Barkery Dog Treats. She's a 24-year-old Indigenous woman from a Pasquiat Cree nation. She currently lives and handcrafts all of her pet treats in Gimli, Manitoba, where she also has a storefront. Late last year, Sierra attended the Young Entrepreneurs Alliance G20 Summit, which was hosted in Milan and Rome, Italy. She was one of 13 young entrepreneurs from across Canada selected to attend, where she secured deals to export her products to other countries. She has also been nominated as Canada's Young Entrepreneur of the Year, sponsored by RBC and GoDaddy. Sierra talks about how she got started as an entrepreneur, the tragic event that motivates her, how she managed through the pandemic, and advice to other young women considering entrepreneurship. Okay, Sierra, where do you hail from? Where in rural or remote Canada are you? I'm originally from a Pasquiat Cree nation, um, but I've made my way uh, to Gimli, Manitoba after falling in love. Uh, in my retail store, I bake here. I have a home here in Gimli, so definitely Gimli is my home now. And how did you become a rural female entrepreneur? Well, it all started really just looking at uh, my pet treats. And so I was one day just looking at the pet treats I bought at the local pet store. And I, I remember I did not recognize more than half of the ingredients listed on the ingredient label. And that was really alarming to me at the time because these these dogs are my companions. Uh, they're the ones who love you unconditionally. I want them to be around, uh, around as long as possible. 
And so I started baking up recipes of my own for the dogs. Um, and I started using just, just ingredients that they like. So pure pumpkin, uh, which helps with the digestive system. And then peanut butter, because of course all dogs love peanut butter. Uh, then bananas and apples. And so I started experimenting. I have three dogs of my own, so that's three taste testers that definitely let me know which ones are great and which ones to cross off the list and to never bake again. Um, so that's actually how I started my business. Um, I entered the first craft sale that I've seen in local areas. So it was at the Gimli Rec Center in September of 2019. I started baking. I was prepared. I entered the craft sale. I did fantastic. And I walked away with $300 and I was like, oh, yes. This is, this is my calling. Uh, I had a full-time job at the local vet out here originally, just as a marketing manager. Um, but I, I've, I've always loved pets. So for a whole year, I've, I've, I've kind of self-funded myself. So I was saving up while working full-time and making treats on the side and selling them locally and entering any craft sales I see. And then... In July 2020, my dog actually passed away. So it was we're we're mm. out in the country. So the dogs uh, we have we have acreage. So the dogs were running around. I was in the city at the time, um, and my my boyfriend's family was looking after our dogs. And then we get the tragic phone call that my Toby, my golden child, my Great Pyrenees, uh, got hit by a car, and the car is nowhere to be found. So the dog unfortunately got rushed to the vet. Uh, I rushed to the vet. It was so traumatizing because then I'm I'm only 23 and I'm like, oh my gosh, now I need to euthanize the dog that grew up with me. The reason why I got kicked out of my mom's house is because I adopted a dog. Uh, so really, I was like, this is my this is my child, uh, my fur baby. So that made me after his death. It really made me quit uh, my job at the veterinary clinic because really I couldn't. I couldn't take in seeing all these pets um, in the highs and lows of working at a vet clinic. And then I, I, after my two week kind of hiatus of kind of just breathing and grieving, I decided I'm going to do this full time. So I have really just dove in. I made a website. Uh, I do have my computer science degree from the University of Winnipeg. So I, I, I am very tech savvy. So I really just dived in, created that website put all the products that my Toby loved. Um, and that was my start to the business. Incredible. So you were working a full-time job. There's a lot of things in there. You were working a full-time job and you lost your dog. Yep. The dog that you got kicked out of your house <laughs> because you wanted to keep that you brought home. And it was the catalyst for you to become your own boss, really. Yeah. Traumatic events definitely, I find, really break or make a person. So really, I, c I could have been grieving for months, um, but I decided Toby, he the one who passed on, he would not want to be seeing me curled up in bed, not wanting to do anything. So really, I kind of do this in memory of Toby. Um and I believe that he's watching over me in his in his doggy heaven. Uh And he's he's definitely encouraging me. He's that traumatic event definitely changed my game and changed how much drive and grit and passion I realized I had 
for making pet treats, it, it really helped. What challenges did you face as a rural woman entrepreneur and as an Indigenous woman entrepreneur? Of course, um, out in Gimli, there's not a huge uh, Indigenous community here compared to uh, my reserve or Pasquiacri Nation up north. So really just trying to carve my way into this new community that I moved into. The residents are great. They're very friendly. Uh, so my main challenges were getting my product and my voice out there, um, showing everyone that I believe in this. And so definitely... I, I think that showed, so that helped uh, the community realize, okay, this this young lady really, really believes in, in having a healthy pet lifestyle um, and having their pets grow a very long time and live with them a very long time. So the challenges mainly were just getting my product out there. Um, really, uh, it was hard because we... Gimli is a senior community, so many don't have computers. Uh, many still read the newspapers. Uh, I read that all online, but of course, it's just different generations. So just putting up flyers was a different way and putting up my name kind of on the bulletin boards out here, kind of going old school instead of just online presence. And that helped me because definitely now my name's out and just actually during the pandemic, I opened up my own retail store. So I was like, hey, what else challenges can I face? So I, I in June, actually, of 2021, in midst of pandemic, I decided, well, there's a rental, there's a lease uh, commercial spot right on the main street of Gimli. So it's facing the lake. It's an absolutely beautiful spot. And I was like, I need to I need to do this. And I've, I've proven to myself that I can get over barriers and challenges. So I was like, come on, bring it on pandemic. <laughs> I can do this. Uh, so I opened the store June of 2021. And really, it's just driven home from there. Um, people drive out from Selkirk, which is 45 minutes away. People drive from north, so from Arburg, which is about half hour away. So it's nice seeing community want to support locally because uh, that's really what we needed especially during the pandemic with so many every day the rules were changing the restrictions were changing and so you really needed to depend on the community and they it's a great community to depend on because they all lifted me uh, they all supported me and luckily my business was able to make it through the pandemic and we're still we're still running the retail shop as well as our online shops. You do ship internationally too, don't you? Yes. So actually, um, I got my facility inspected from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. And once they really approve of um, the facility, really, you can, your dreams are so much bigger. Um, so I dreamt of, of course, pets in Spain, having my trees, pets all over the world. And that helped me. So I was able to export. Um, so I have five different countries that we export to. And it's been tremendous for our company to grow that fast in three years. Coming from, like, I, I did not grow up from an entrepreneurial family. Um, my dad was a truck driver. My mom is a healthcare aide. So they're both hardworking people. But we never really knew how to run a business. Um, so getting advice was hard. I did all my own research. I really just kind of drove into the internet, kind of 
how to start a business and it's been going good. So do you, is, are you the only one doing all this or did you eventually hire some folks to help you? So at first, it's just like, it's a normal thing. So at first, I, I, I have to admit, I had trust issues. I was like, well, I do everything the best. <laughs> I, I started this. I got to do this, do this, even though I was working 12-hour days, running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, and I, I, I finally had to sit down and realize, okay, this is, this is great, but my passion, my passion is only going to go so far if I wear it down this quickly. Uh, so then I did realize, I did sit back and realize, okay, I do need help. So I sent out the SOS call. I put up job postings and I did hire. So we do have a team of three employees, which is fantastic. Um, so I have someone at the retail store. I have someone helping delivering treats. I have someone helping uh, bake the treats when I need. Um, and I have someone doing the social media. So it's really helpful, of course, because... At first, when you're a small, very small business, maybe let's say one or two orders, if that coming in a week, that's manageable. But I grew so quick where I didn't even know how to fathom where to go. Um, and of course, so it took a learning curve, of course, because then I realized, wow, I can't keep up with all these orders. This many orders and only having two arms, I'm, I need help. So I, I got the help and I have the help and I realized that employing people helps the economy. So really it makes, it makes it all go around. And do you have an industrial kitchen now? Like I imagine you started at home, right? And then you had to get a bigger, like, I mean, or do you have someone that's doing the actual recipes for you? No, those recipes still are dear to my heart. Um, so I haven't let that go yet. I'm the one mainly in the kitchen. And yeah, I started off at home with a small regular sized oven. No one was able to make any dinners in the oven. No one was able to make anything in the oven at any times because I always had my dog treats in there. Um, so of course, yeah, I, I grew a lot from that. I had to kind of get better equipment, larger equipment and, and go from there. But you all have to start somewhere. And that's my, my small kitchen is where I started. I needed more counter space, although. <laughs> what keeps you up at night? What worries you? Well, really the uncertainty of just the times right now. Uh, so during the pandemic, like I said, the restrictions were changing almost every week. And so I was, I was really worried because I know people love their pets. People are at home with their pets. Pets have to, uh, have to thrive, right? And you, people go on walks with their pets. So more training treats are required. But my worry was just the uncertainty of everything going on. So of course, during the pandemic, I was more tight with my money because I didn't know how long all this would last. And I'm sure that like others, they were, they were similar. So uncertainty that kept me up at night was just wondering, oh my gosh, is my business going to live another day? And it's really, you, you really get in your own head as a, as a business owner with having all these, all these things coming up. Um, but of course, you kind of have to shut that out, close your eyes, realize you need a good sleep, fresh head to start the day. And so it was just, yeah, the uncertainty of the pandemic and where it was going to go and if the store was going to needing to be shut down longer and if I needed to drive online sales more. And it, I just never felt like I was doing enough because I wasn't sure what was enough during this crazy times. But 
I've been getting better sleep for sure, knowing that restrictions are being lifted and hopefully we're getting back to normal now. And you became an entrepreneur fairly early in your career. Do you think that you could ever go back to working for someone else? It would be a hard thing to let go. Um, of course, I'm I've been working at this since since I quit my full-time job in July 2020. So it's, it seems like such a short time, but something in my head is has that drive. So I'm on that gas pedal, like full-blown, and I'm, I'm very determined. So at this time, I can't see myself just because I don't see this business ever having less passion than it does right now. Amazing. So you are inspiring to me and obviously to people listening, but you have won some awards because of your passion and because of your business. You even went to Italy during the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So originally, um, back in uh, back in 2020, I first applied for I, I actually seen it on a Facebook ad as I was scrolling through Facebook late night. And it was uh, the G20 Summit was looking for young entrepreneurs, um, which was sponsored by a Futurepreneur Canada. So they were looking for the group of amazing young entrepreneurs who wanted to export their treats internationally or uh, supplies or products or trades, uh, whichever their business was. And so I signed, I registered, I sent my application. It was a, it was a pretty lengthy application, kind of a lot of essay writing, kind of reminded me back at university and really made me deep di- dive deep to what my business was about and who I was. So I filled out the application, sent it off, found out two weeks later that I was chosen to be a Canadian delegate, a part of the G20 Summit. And so that was my actually first year. Uh, making it. I actually I was a Canadian delegate two years in a row. First year, 2020, it was all uh, virtual. So we would have went to um, Saudi Arabia. and But it was all virtual. And so we were all learning Zoom and we were all networking. And it was it was a great experience. Then, of course, 2021 came around and I seen the other, the, another call. So I, I just sent a quick email just wondering if we can apply two years in a row because I wanted to get more fulfillment of the second round, hopefully in person. At that time, they weren't sure if it would be in person just because the uncertainty is coming up. So, but I sent my application anyways because it was a great experience. And then I find out two weeks later, wow, okay, I made it again for the second year in a row as a Canadian delegate. Then, <laughs> they told me that this will be a hybrid event. So they were going to choose 10 lucky people um, to go to Italy and represent Canada on stage in Italy and represent our businesses and who we're about and talk about really what we need to do to help young entrepreneurs thrive. So I was fingers crossed. Um, months and months went on. An Italian ambassadors met and it was only in s- September that they came to agreement, we're going to allow the Canadians to come. And so they chose they chose me out of one out of the 10. And originally, it's a group of 45. So the rest will be doing the online um, summit and going through Zoom and the meetings. 
But I was one of the 10 going to Italy. Woohoo. And I've never been overseas. Like I am from, like I said, a patriarchy nation. Like I never really traveled till I was 18. And that's only really through Canada, if that. So really getting on that plane and doing that 12 hour flight was, was just exhilarating to me. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't sleep the past, the, the next two weeks up until the trip to Italy because I was like, wow, like I, small town, Canadian girl going to Italy and, and telling her story really. And it was great. It was an absolutely amazing experience. We went to Milan. We met, uh, did some meetings, did some B2B meetings. And then we went to Rome, met with more ambassadors, did more meetings. And really it was, it was fantastic. I learned so much. We met such amazing people, um, who had such drive. And I met some partners who wanted to export my treats. So it was a win-win on all situations. Um, of course, I'm, I'm going to take a step back from applying again for next year. But this was, this was a great experience that I'll forever remember. What an exceptional experience that must have been. And the, just the connections that you made, like you said, you, you have some partners. And, and making international connections like that, so early on in your career and, and so early on in your entrepreneurial journey is just so, so amazing. Like you are amazing, but you made it happen. You did your hard work, your motivation, all of those things. And have I seen that you have won other awards or you've been nominated for other awards too? Yes. Yeah, so I've actually just been nominated for the Young Entrepreneur. Uh, it is a natu- uh, national award. Um, and it's actually sponsored by RBC and GoDaddy. Uh, it's an SME award. So being nominated already kind of got me really excited because that means someone nominated me. Someone else sees this drive. And I mean, of course, as a as a owner and founder and operator of your own business, you believe it in yourself. But for other people to see that really makes you proud because that's the only thing I want to do. I want to show everyone my love and my passion and my grit for this. So it was great to hear. So I find out in April if if I win the, the Canadian Award of Young Entrepreneur um, of the Year and my fingers are crossed too. I mean, it, it only shows once I think I reach the top of my my success, something else comes up and something else comes up and it shows that there really is no top and really sky is the limit and as corny as that sounds that is so true uh you really have to you can't just once you set a goal and you meet that goal you got to set another one and you got another one and you'll set another one because it's yeah like I said sky's definitely the limit I was gonna ask two things what has been your proudest moment so far I'll ask you that first okay my proudest moment so far uh would be seeing my treats all over so in South Korea and Taiwan like it's it's amazing because I haven't even visited these countries yet and because of COVID I couldn't um but we did all these meetings online and it was very extensive because not everyone knows English and I don't know any, I don't know any other international languages really. And so having a translator and communicating your business ideas, having that expressed was, 
was was a challenge, but I it is my greatest success that I managed to uh, have a deal with other countries and their representatives, and it, it helped me grow for sure because I realized it's not just shaking a hand and doing a business in person and. It's connecting all through these different platforms and the beautiful internet. It's, it's a great thing because I am able to seal deals with countries that are thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. Your energy is infectious. I can say from only spending a short time with you. What's your advice to other young women that might be listening in a rural or remote area of Canada uh, with an idea and unsure of whether or not they should take a risk? My learning curve was, at first I asked a lot of people, I asked for advice, I asked, but then you have to really come down to it and you have to make the decision. You have to, not everyone has the best um ideas. Not everyone has the best advice. So really, I find if you have a dream, if you have a passion, if you have something that you are are good at and want to show the world, I say just do it. Don't, never mind asking for advice. And really, because if you know you have it and each day you wake up and look in the mirror and say, okay, I want this, you'll get it. Um, you, like I said, you have the passion. You You have to dive in. There's no better chance than now. Sierra, what an inspiration you are for people of all ages. I listen to you and wish I would have followed my passion sooner. And it's so refreshing to listen to you and, and be inspired by your pure motivation and, again, infectious en energy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you again for having me. this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by Imagine a Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Temp Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of Indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 